chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, I'm going to read. If you would stand for the reading of the Lord, I know, word, I know uh, you just sit down, but uh, I think it's appropriate that we do this and honor God for his word. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and have done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Father, we come to you tonight in your house, Father. We've assembled in your presence, God. We're ready to hear your word, Father. Father, tonight, God, we want to receive that, God. We want you to speak to our hearts and lives. We're seeking direction, God. And we know, God, that if we'll surrender our lives and follow you, God, you will lead us in the path of righteousness, God. You're our very present help in times of trouble. And tonight, God, we assemble to honor you and to hear your word. And we give you praise for it in Christ's holy name. And everybody say, amen. You may be seated. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and tells them to put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. I'm amazed how relevant this is still today, this passage of Scripture, because the days in which we now live, folks, are evil. And Paul says, if you're going to be able to withstand the attacks of Satan in these days, you got to put on the whole armor of God. And whether you know it or not, you are under attack, a spiritual attack. There is not a person in this room that has not been under attack. No matter how blessed you've been, no matter how successful you have become, no matter how accomplished you are, no matter how healthy you are, somewhere in your life, you're either being attacked or fixing to be attacked in some area of your life. That's just a, simply the fact of the day and hour in which we live. And God says, though, in spite of it all, I'm still going to bless you. But you, guys, you just got to dress for the battle while you receive the blessing. Because with every blessing comes a battle. And I would adventure to say that the greater the blessing, greater the battle. Greater the battle, greater the victory will be. Everything we try to do for the kingdom of God is being fought. Whether it's just simply living for him, ministering for him, there's spiritual wars going on like never before. The enemy would not send that level of battle against you if there were not that level of blessing coming to you. And the level of battle you face is an indicator of the level of blessing that you stand to receive. No robber robs an empty house. No one would rob someone if they knew they had nothing to steal, nothing of value. So therefore, if you're under attack, there's something for you to gain that the enemy wants to try to steal from you because he knows how valuable it's going to be when you gain it. Does it not say in John 10 and 10, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy? I'm going to tell you something. This year's production 
of the sounds of Christmas was the hardest one to ever make come to pass. But yet, most would agree it was the most effective one yet. People were blessed by it. They were touched by it. They were led to the Lord by it. Yet, we never fought so hard. I never seen so much sickness, affliction, and hindrances and obstacles on those involved in it. But we stuck to it. And we got through it. We withstood the attacks of the enemy. The enemy did not want this one to succeed because of the value that it had on the lives of the people in it and the ones who came to see it. So the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God so you can withstand the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. The antics, the tactics, the assignments of the devil. Then he says, once you got it all on, having done all to stand, and then he lists and describes the armor. Gird your loins with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Cover your feet with the preparation of the gospel. Take the shield of faith to protect you from the fiery darts of the wicked. Put on the helmet of salvation. And take the sword of the spirit, which is the word. And pray always in the spirit. You see, you put on all the armor on, not to run from the fight, but to be able to withstand the fight in an effort not to give place or territory to the devil, not to evacuate the place that's yours, the territory God's given you, not to lose the blessings God has given you, not so you can stand still, but to go forward, to go through an effort to keep anything the devil throws at you from stopping you. Now, did you catch that not to evacuate, not to run, but to stand and withstand? The fiery dots, darts, the plots, the assignments, the attacks, both physically and spiritually and emotionally. If you're going to hold on what God has given you and be able to continue to receive even the things you haven't even received yet, then you got to stand and fight with all your willpower, with all your might, no matter how intense things get around you. You have to be willing to stand. Sometimes you may have to go through the fire. But yet too many times we don't want to go through nothing if it costs us something. And too often if it's going to cost me something, I don't want it. And then we wonder why we ain't blessed. We wonder why we're up on Sunday, but we're back down on Monday. There is a part you have to do. You have to do all you know to do and then stand. You have to have an investment in your blessings. So therefore stand with your loins girded about with truth. And as God begins to equip us for battle, it comes down to putting on the helmet of salvation. And that's the piece of armor I want to emphasize tonight. I want to show you why it's so important in this day and hour. Because I believe that is where we're losing a lot of battles in our minds. Now let me ask you, if I put on a helmet, what does it cover? My head. That's true. But what's in my head? My mind. So why is that so important? Because most battles you fight are in your mind. They begin in your mind. The mind is the battlefield. It's where most battles are either won or they're lost. So you see how important it is to protect your head, your mind, your thinking? See, some of us have got some stinking thinking. And some of us, as we think in our heart, so are we. How you think often determines how you feel. And too often our feelings can lead us astray. Our faith must supersede our feelings because feelings 
are based upon what you think. But faith is based upon believing what God says regardless of how you feel. And that's why the Word of God tells us to live by faith, walk by faith, speak by faith. Well, I feel worthless. But the Word of God says you're a pearl bought with a great price. I feel like nobody cares. But the Word of God says cast your cares on me because I care for you. I don't feel like I'm going to make it through this. But the Word of God says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but my God shall deliver you from them all. Hallelujah. So many people living by feelings. The emotions of your feelings are real. The fear, the worry, the stress, the inferiority. But the truth of your circumstances is what counts. You may be in a bad situation. But Paul said this, and and this too shall pass. You may be in it, but by faith in the promises of God, you got to start believing you're coming out of it. And that what the enemy meant for bad, God's going to turn into your good. There's folks in here, you almost didn't make it. The devil tried to kill you, and some of you more than once. But look at you now. (laughs) You went from being all messed up, broke, busted, addicted, and afflicted to being saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness in this house? Come on, somebody. Well, I don't feel saved. It don't matter how you feel. The fact is, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. You're as saved as you're ever going to be saved. (laughs) You didn't feel too good about your circumstances. You felt defeated. But God picked you up out of that miry clay, and he set your feet back on solid ground. Devil, how do you like me now? I'm blessed. I got back everything you stole. I went from being a nobody to being joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You should have killed me while you had the chance. Hallelujah. Whoo, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. So how important is it to protect your head? When the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, look how we got to fight. He says, casting down every evil imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against what the knowledge of God the things that are coming against you are coming against what you know about God you believe God can hear you but because of the symptoms of what you feel are coming against you the enemy's trying to convince you God can't heal you but he said I am the Lord God that healeth thee And whether he heals you here or he heals you in glory, child, you're going to be healed. Your knowledge of God tells you you are free. That whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But your current circumstances now lead you to feel like you're bound for good. Your enemy's attack always contains imaginations in your mind. It appears to you based upon what you see, hear, And feel that you're stuck, defeated, cast down, destroyed. Based upon the picture, your enemy's drawn for you in your mind to convince you that it's over. Listen to this. It proceeds what you proceeded to believe because of your knowledge of God until he came against you. See, before the attack... You were singing and you were shouting, 
No weapon formed against me shall prosper. How great thou art. How great thou art. Well, listen here. You were telling folks, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. But when the attack came, since then you've been singing gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. Instead of putting on the whole armor of God, doing all you know to do, and standing against the wiles of the devil under the unction of the Holy Ghost, declaring and singing, break every chain, 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 break every chain. I believe you're my healer. I believe you're more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all I need. Come on, somebody. Come on. Stand your ground. It ain't a time to lose your battle by how you feel. It's time to win your battle by what you know, by how you fight. If it's a fight you want, devil, it's a fight you're going to get. Because that's my children. That's my wife. That's my husband. That's my body. That's my ministry. That's my blessing. And I have to fight to keep it. I'll fight you till I die. Hallelujah. But I ain't laying down. I ain't cowering down to simply a figment of my mason. I'm going to stand on my knowledge of God, a God who has never failed me yet. His promise still stands. Great is thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. 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 I wish I could get somebody to sing this with me on the count of three. One, two, three. You never failed me yet. Sing it again. You never failed me yet. Again, you never failed me yet. Then why don't you stand to your feet and give God praise? It's never failed you yet. Come on, somebody. Never, never. Never. You've never failed me yet. Oh, I feel something's just about to happen up in here in this, folks, for somebody tonight. I feel there's a caterpillar that's about to turn into a butterfly. Somebody's fixed to float like a butterfly, but sting like a bee. Come on, somebody. Where are God's warriors of the faith? It ain't a time to be scared. The Bible says our enemy goes around like a roaring lion. In other words, he's just imitating. He ain't no lion. I know the lion. Hell, hell, lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Hell, hell, lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Let me hear you roar. 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 One more time. Roar. Roar. 
Give him praise. There ain't nobody like him. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You're being fought over the very fact that you're blessed. You're being stressed over what ifs and maybes and supposedlys. You've been tossing and turning all night in bed. You can't sleep. Your stomach's in knots. Wondering what if this happens? What if that don't happen? I heard this. I saw that. I feel like this. How am I going to make it? But the Bible says it's with the mind we serve the Lord. But yet the mind is the battleground. It's the place where the greatest conflict within you takes place. It's where wars are won and lost. It's where victory or defeat is established. It's where either submission or rebellion is determined. It's where right or wrong decisions are made. There's more people in this room right now having trouble with their mind than there are people having trouble in their finances. The struggle is in the mind. This is why we have people who go to bed tired. They wake up tired, feeling like you've never been to sleep. You slept eight hours, you're still waking up tired. Oh, I'm preaching now. You know God's talking to you now. He knows all about you, honey. The reason you woke up tired is because you got sleep, but you didn't rest. Your body tossed and it turned because your mind's been in turmoil all night long. You can't shut it down. You've been wrestling in your sleep. Have you ever woke up and your bed was wet from sweat? Where your bed's all tore up? Looked like you'd been in a fight with a bear all night long till the sun came up. Now, why could that be? Because your mind has not rested. Your body went to sleep, but your mind was caught up in warfare. Your mind is a battlefield. Touch somebody and tell them the enemy's after your mind. He's out to worry to death. He's out to stress you to death. He's out to break you down. He's out to make you quit. He's out to make you think you can't get up. He's about to make you give up on your dream. He has even suggested to you by now, why don't you just go ahead and curse God and die? Now, I know I'm preaching the right sermon tonight because I'm feeling the darts hitting the breastplate of my righteousness. The warfare, the real enemy, the real problem, the real obstacle is in your mind. It's not in your checkbook. It's not in your savings account. It's not on your job. The fight that you got to fight is a fight that's in your mind. And if you ever whip it in your mind, then you can whip it in your checkbook. Then you can whip it on your job. Then you can whip it out of your children. But first, you got to drive it out of your head. You have to protect your mind with the helmet of salvation. Most people are led by their emotions, not by their head, by their knowledge of God. And you'll never win a battle with your enemy by just simply telling him how you feel. you got to fight him by what you know with the facts. The enemy would love to cut your head off and just leave you with your feelings. Because then he knows he can't, he can't whip, you can't whip him because you feel what you feel is not always true. But what you know about God is the truth that sets you free. A person who does not function out of knowledge he has in his head about God is not being governed by facts, but led by his or her feelings. I've dealt with these feelings of, these, of issues of so many times in marriage counseling. So many of the struggles they have are all created by their feelings, more so than by facts. I don't feel like 
comes up a dozen times an hour. I don't feel like he loves me. And yet, more often than not, the fact is he does love her. He just don't do a good job of letting her know it. But her feelings have created an imagination in her mind that he don't. Can I give you a nugget tonight about feelings and how to govern them? I share this all the time. It's so simple to use, but too often never used. You can do this simple step, and I promise you, it will change things dramatically in your thinking process and help you do a much better job of doing what is right by making right decisions. Here's how to govern your feelings. Every time you say those words, I don't feel like filling the blank. Follow it up with this one question every time. Here you go. But what is the right thing to do? Let me give you some examples. I don't feel like going to church today. Follow that statement up with the question, but what's the right thing to do? It would be go to church. I don't feel like saying I'm sorry, but what is the right thing to do? Say you're sorry. I don't feel like worshiping. Follow it up with and govern that thing with ask the question, but what's the right thing to do? Worship. Because when you start governing your feelings by doing what's right, you'll be blessed because of your right decisions. And how do you know what's right? By the knowledge you have of God. You can never go wrong by doing what's right. Right decisions will lead you to do what's right, which will bring blessings to your life. I had a couple one time say to me, we try to come to church. They're not in here, so don't think I'm talking about you. If I am, I'm shoe fits wear it. Had a couple one time say, we try to come to church, but every Sunday it seems like we're getting a fight coming here. So we feel like we need to just go back home. And several times we turn around and we went home. I said, but what was the right thing to do? I said, go to church. I said, okay then. Next week you get up and you head to the church. And I don't care if you fuss and fight all the way here to the parking lot. Come to the church. Get out. Come in here and see if when you get in the presence of God, if you don't quit fighting and you find out it was the right thing to do. Because you're missing a blessing every Sunday that you miss. When the devil finds a way to stop you, he won't let up on you. Until you take a stand and do what's right over how you feel. Too often, we, you forfeit what God has given you by what you feel. So many missed opportunities because of how someone made you feel. God didn't promise you your feelings would always line up with the facts. We got to learn how to line up what we feel with what we know is true. Facts should always trump feelings. And so many people are so easily offended to get their feelings hurt. They wear them on their sleeves. It's hard to work with someone like that. It's hard to have a relationship with someone like that. Just because someone criticizes you, what you do don't mean they're criticizing you. They're criticizing what you did. If you would have done what you were told to do right, they never would have said nothing to you. Isn't that what God said to Cain when he didn't do what God told him to do? He said to him, why is I counting this fallen Cain? Why are you jealous of your brother Abel? If thou doest well, will I not receive you? I'm not against you, Cain. 
I'm against what you did. And if you fix what you did, I'll bless you like I blessed him. Stop tripping on your feelings and do what you know to do. Do what's right. The devil's not fighting you over your feelings. He's fighting you over your knowledge of God, which causes you to what? Do right. When you're doing things right, when you're doing your best to serve God, God can bless you. Paul had a time in his life when he said, you know, every time I try to do right, I do wrong. Why? Because Satan was fighting him. But when he came to the knowledge of why he kept doing wrong, when he came to know the law, the knowledge of it showed him his problem was sin. And he vowed to live by that knowledge so he could live right. The enemy is giving you imaginations, threats, scare tactics to put you in a panic mode. So you'll digress mentally and operate out of feelings and not faith. Out of emotions not governed by the knowledge of God in your mind. To where you'll cut corners, you'll cross boundaries, you'll retreat, you'll surrender because of your feelings that have led you astray. You must respond by facts over feelings. It's a fact that God said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. It's a fact that God said that when the enemy comes in like a flood, I shall raise up a standard. It's a fact that God said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's a fact that God said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not once. When the devil attacked Jesus in the desert for 40 days, and believe you me, he attacked his mind. Yet not, not once did Jesus ever say, well, I feel like. No, 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 no. He said, it is written. He quoted the facts. He quoted the knowledge he had of God. The word of God governed his mind. When he felt hungry and was tempted, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Come on, somebody. You got to have the knowledge of the word of God in your life. For every feeling, there's a fact that should govern it. Are you so busy managing the emotional relationships that you have that you don't even have the time to think the thoughts you need to think to go where you need to go? Are you so busy managing your feelings, trying to make the people around you feel what you feel? Spend so much time trying to prove what you feel to everyone that will listen to the point that you're not making progress in your life, that you're at a standstill, wasting all your time, burning daylight, while at the next level, if you would just move on, there's a blessing waiting on you. But you're missing the opportunity while you spend all your time focused on fighting a battle you said let it go a long time ago and moved on. There are so many time, people spending all their time fighting their past. Amen. Try to go forward. You'll never amount to nothing. What would you say? You ain't no good. What would you say? You know what you did. Ain't none of your business. But you stay in this spot fighting this thing, this past, when you've got to get to the place that you surrender your life to Christ, put on the helmet of salvation, forgetting those things which are behind you, and reaching for those things which are in front of you so that you can go to your next level of blessing. Come here, Joyce.
Sit down right about midways. Here you are in your life. You're fighting all your past. And you finally make a decision to go forward. And you're going forward in life. You're moving along. Things are tough. Things ain't easy. Don't nobody want you. Don't nobody want you. They don't like you. Nobody wants you. I can't hear you. And you keep going. All of a sudden, woo, hello there. Come here, darling. And then it's, dearly beloved, we are gathered here in the sight of God. And God gives you the greatest blessing in your life. You're so blessed. Man, I got saved. Now I got the woman of my dreams. Come on, girl. Let's go. What do you mean? I work all the time. Maybe while you're at home not doing that, maybe you could clean up the house. Why do you get to hang out with your friends? I don't get to hang out with my friends. And what do you mean you feel like I don't love you? Just because I ain't told you don't mean I don't love you. I'm sleeping on the couch. Wait a minute. I made a vow. For better or for worse. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't losing my blessing. Come on, huh? We got to quit fighting each other. We got to fight together. Guess what? I got the job. We're going to have money. We can buy the house now. We're going to have a car. God is good. Blessed again. What do you mean $300 on the credit card for makeup? Yeah, I might spend $500 on one hunting trip a year. I deserve it. I work all the time. What do you mean? You knew I was this way when you met me. Maybe there's some things I don't like about you. I don't even want to talk to you. Wait a minute. I vowed for richer or for poor. If we lose everything and I got you, I'm blessed. This thing's worth fighting for. Come on. Look how beautiful. He looks just like me. Oh, my goodness. We're so blessed. Thank you. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Oh, God's so good to us. What do you mean he's just like me? I think he's a lot like you. He's a sport brat. I didn't act that way when I was little. You're the one letting him act like that. Why can't he be what I want him to be? Why does he got to be what you want him to be? Why does it always got to be your way? You know what? Who's that girl I was talking to? Well, that's just somebody I work with. 
What do you mean I make you feel like we're falling up, going farther apart? That I don't want to spend time with you. Come on. Look what all I've given you. Look what I've done. I pay the bills. You've got a child. What, what, what else could you want out of me? You know what? I'm done. Wait a minute. That's my child. This is my family. Ain't no devil going to take our family from me. I'll fight him to the end. I'll fight him tooth and nail. Devil, get your hands up. Yeah, he ain't perfect. You're right. Yeah, he's going to make some mistakes. You're right. But I love him in spite of it all. We're going to raise this child in the ways of the Lord. Come on, honey. And we go along in life. All of a sudden. Wait right here, honey. I'm tired. I'm telling you, this is good. This, we've went to some stuff together, ain't we? This has been hard. Maybe we just need to sit right here. We've done, we've done a lot. Maybe we ought to just sit right here. Rest. Take it easy, last years of our life. Come on. Wait. I told him I'd serve him the rest of my life. Give me my mountain. Let's go. We ain't done yet. And then we come to that place. Look. Look at our lives. Look at all the blessings. And we can honestly say, we fought a good fight. We finished our course. I know there's times it didn't feel like we were going to. So henceforth, there is laid up for us a crown of righteousness that the Lord himself will give unto us. You ready to go home? Let's go home. Woo, look how beautiful it is in here. Woo, look at this place, honey. Woo. And I've come to tell you tonight, you'll never get to that spot. You'll never get everything that God has promised you in your life until you quit fighting your past and realize that every level there was a battle. But if you put on the helmet of salvation, you can withstand all of it to reach your purpose in life that God has for you. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise. Sometimes you just got to let go. Let it go. Somebody ought to write a song about that. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Your feelings get caught up in the drama. And it gets down, you're just trying to win the fight. And in doing so, the fight consumes you. And what you don't realize, the fight you're fighting ain't even worth the time you're giving to it. And it distracts you from not being effective. Your ears behind the whole plot to distract you and stifle you and rob you of your blessing. You just got blessed, had a wonderful day, and then the next day all hell breaks loose. Have you not figured out why that happens yet? Because a thief has showed up trying to steal your blessing. Or when you're working hard to achieve success, to do something better for yourself or for someone else, it's a fight. It's one thing after another. Have you not figured out yet who doth hinder you? That's Paul said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cameth not of him that calleth you. Paul said it was Satan. And he's still hindering God's people. 
And if your enemy's trying to discourage you to get you to quit, and so often he's been very successful at it, but if you'll put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, and protect your mind, you'll be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. And you will receive the rewards of your labor. He knows how to stop you. All he's got to do is get you to take you out. Smith Wigglesworth tells of a time that he was awakened out of sleep by his enemy. The devil himself, he said. He'd come to torment him, pick a fight with him. It's recorded that he simply opened his eyes, raised up, seen it was him, and simply said, oh, it's only you? And he lay back down and went back to sleep. In other words, he was saying to his enemy, I ain't wasting my time losing my sleep over fighting with you. Jesus defeated you 2,000 years ago. The battle's not mine. It's the Lord's. And you ain't getting in my head, and you ain't worrying me, keeping me up all night. You can't hurt me. I got my armor on. That's right. I sleep in it. So when you come like a thief in the night, you can't steal my stuff. My God gives his beloved sleep. Go on, get out of here, and go bother somebody else. I remember probably 20 years ago on a Sunday night pulling up to the church on 9th and Cedar. There was a lady who was attending church back then. As I pulled up and got out of the car, she's standing outside. She hollered me. She said, Pastor Randy, can I talk to you? I said, sure, what's up? She said, I've been up all night. And she sure looked like she had been. She said, I can't sleep for worrying. I said, what you worrying so much about, sister? She said, my bills. I can't make ends meet. I lay awake at night, and I worry myself sick over them. And I said to her, to her surprise, how's that working for you? Amen. And with a puzzled look, she asked, what do you mean? I said, I mean by not sleeping and worrying all night over them. Is that helping you pay your bills? Because if it is, I was going to tell you to go back home and keep worrying and not sleeping until they get paid. She said, that's not working. I said, have you done all you know to do? She said, yes. Then stand and pray and trust in the Lord with all your heart and quit imagining the worst. You got to cast down every evil imagination that's in your head. And you're going to have to bring in captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Sweetheart, they can't get blood out of a turnip, as my pappy would say. I then prayed for her for peace to come to her mind. The devil is a liar. Next Sunday, I walk into church. Here she coming. My hair done, makeup on, smiling. You ain't going to guess what happened. I said, oh, yes, I can. God came through. She said, yes. I said, are you sleeping better? She said, yes. And before I thought, it slipped out of my mouth. It looks like you've been. <laughs> Never will forget it. There's some folks just ain't happy unless there's drama in their life. They feel they can't go on without it. They pray for normalcy, but when it shows up, they can't handle it in their minds. They spend so much time fighting, they can never go forward. They fought their whole life and have never enjoyed their blessings. Never received all that God had for them. Wear their feelings on their sleeve. They've never covered their head with the helmet of salvation and lived by the knowledge of the word of God. You'll never fully protect your mind until you put on the helmet of salvation. Until you get your mind right, you can't get your life right. It all starts in your head. What you believe in here affects what you believe in here. And what you hear in here affects what you do in here. It is with the mind you serve the Lord. If your mind ain't right, your relationship with God won't be right. 
Doubt and unbelief enter through the mind. You got to protect your mind to protect your salvation. Your mind has to govern your heart, has to build to your heart the knowledge of you that you have of God. So you don't lose heart and you withstand the wiles of the devil. God has given us the armor to protect us, but we got to wear it. We got to put it on. Like a beekeeper who wears protection to keep from being stung. Aren't you tired of being stung? Tired of being swarmed by your enemy's torment? Then put on the helmet of salvation. Take the truth of what you know and govern your feelings and emotions by it so you can be effective in the kingdom of God. I want to tell you something. It's time for a shift in the body of Christ. It's time to let this mind be in you that's in Christ to get rid of your stinking thinking. It's time to stop allowing what you think to govern you instead of what God says. Time to stop allowing what others think about you to stifle you. If we do, this will be a lot more effective for the kingdom of God. Now, let me ask a question. I'm about to get done here to provoke a thought. Why are we so loyal to ineffectiveness? Continue to be committed to do the things that aren't working over and over. The definition of sanity, you know, is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. It's like we date effectiveness, but we marry ineffectiveness. It's like we visit effectiveness on a Sunday morning at church like what happened this morning, was very effective for your life. But we'll go home and live in ineffectiveness all week long. We are married to bad habits, and we're loyal to things we know aren't, that are ineffective, that aren't conducive to a Christian living. And we keep repeating things we know aren't working, that aren't changing a thing, but, but because of this is how I feel, like Paul once said, you keep doing the things you hate. You can't change your past, but what you can change is what you do from this day forward. It's the first step to going forward. It's time to make a shift, to sow good seed. Sow to the flesh, you reap of the flesh. Sow to the spirit, you reap of the spirit. Whatsoever man sow, he sow, he reapeth. You can keep giving your spouse a piece of your mind like you've been doing for the last 15 years, and it hasn't changed a thing yet. How's that working for you? Other than I guess it makes you feel better. At least I told him what I thought. Have you ever thought about it might be time to change your strategy, your mindsets, your thought process, so you can go forward and make progress in your life? Ever get much thought to being a blessing, to realize I'm blessed, to be a blessing? When you refuse to forgive someone, you give them power over you. What's the right thing to do? But you don't feel like forgiving them. What's the right thing to do? Doesn't the Word of God tell us to? Put on the helmet of salvation when you're saved. You don't talk like you used to. You don't think like you used to. You don't act like you used to. Why? Because you become a new creature in Christ, and he's, got to, and he's going to govern your life, your actions, your attitudes, and your thinking. It's time to lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him. Ask him for his knowledge, and he'll direct your path. If I was a devil to keep you defeated, I'd attack your mind every day. I'd keep you all tied up, constantly unified, in turmoil, building imaginations in your head to where you can't think straight, can't make good decisions, act out of your emotions, and respond by feelings. You got to learn to think on these things. Whatsoever things just, whatsoever things pure, whatsoever things holy. And you can't do it if your mind's cluttered with evil imaginations. You got to cast them down and every high thing that exalts its head above the knowledge of God. David said, Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. My cup can't be filled unless my head's anointed with oil. 
There's no oil filling my cup without the anointing. Now I'm closing with this. John the Baptist is preaching out in the wilderness. He's doing, doing it different than his daddy. He's not preaching like his daddy did. His daddy was a church preacher. He preached in the synagogues. John the Baptist preached out in the wilderness. His daddy dressed in priestly clothes. John the Baptist dressed in clothes made of camel's hair. His daddy ate Sunday afternoon church meals, and John the Baptist ate locust and wild honey. But John the Baptist preaching was more effective in the wilderness than his father's preaching ever was in the temple. He told the crowd today, I must decrease that he might increase. He was declaring his coming a shift. I'm going to decrease so that the one who comes after me may increase. In other words, I'm fixing to make a shift. And when did that shift happen? When they cut his head off. I want to tell you, there's a shift that's happening, and it has to start with our heads, how we think. That's why it's so important to read the Word of God. But that's why you have so much trouble reading it. The enemy's fighting you to keep you from reading it because that's how you gain knowledge of God. When you learn it is written, it will take and govern your feelings and it will harness your emotions. That's why the slave masters of old allowed the slaves to be taught how to do anything but read. It was prohibited. They weren't even allowed to talk, be able to be taught how to read because they knew if they could ever read, they would get knowledge and it would change how they think about things and about themselves. The knowledge of the Word of God empowers you to understand who you are and whose you are. You finally found out the truth because the gospel is the truth. And if we're going to stand in these last days and withstand the wiles of the devil, when the heat's been turned up and the days have become evil, instead of losing our minds, we've got to protect our minds. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. He's able to keep that which you committed to him. If the church is going to be effective in these last days, if we're going to withstand all this evil and go forward and still receive all that God has for us, we got to have our heads anointed so that our cups can run over with blessing and we can be effective for the kingdom of God. It's time for your life to shift. It's time to start protecting your mind, filling it full of the knowledge of who God is, by putting on the helmet of salvation, casting down every imagination, every high thing is all itself above the knowledge of God. And tonight, if you say, I want to get my life straight. I want to live right. I'm tired of the battles. I'm tired of how I feel. I want to protect my mind. You're ready to start going forward. And you want to be able to withstand the attacks of your enemy. You want to be affected by, by no longer wasting your time and loyalty to what's been effective in your life. You're ready for your cup to run over with blessings? Then it's time to make that shift, to get a new strategy, to change your ways of thinking. Because it's with the mind, a right mind, we serve the Lord. Every single person in this place, as I began and said, deals with these issues. We're all under attack. Would you stand with me with the worship team come, please? I have never seen people be so troubled about things. It's in the mind. Imagining things. Having misconceptions of things. Being deceived by things. In the mind. 
The enemy is attacking your mind. You're believing things that aren't even true. You're allowing your feelings to do the responding instead of using the knowledge that you have of God to overcome your troubles. If you're here tonight, I'm going to invite this whole congregation. I need, I need Zach. I need Josh. I need Pastor. I need Jenny. Your wives can come with you. I need Kathy. Uh, I need Mike. Come here and grab a bottle of oil. Every single one of us. This is for the health of this church. It's time for our cup to run over. I'm going to ask you, if you would, come forward. Every person that will, come up here to this altar. We're going to anoint your head so that you can have peace, rest, comfort, and so that your cup will run over. 2023 is not going to be like 2022 was. You need to be honest. You need to be anointed. Your cup can't fill up if your head's not anointed. So we're going to lay hands on you. They're going to play, and then we're going to have a baptism.